What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Apartment 113 podcast, where we talk with cool folks in the cannabis and psychedelics industry to learn about their projects and celebrate their successes. My name is Rob Sanchez, and this is episode 33. We're joined today by Josh Kerbel, the CTO of Fresh Minds. Fresh Minds is a beginner-friendly service to find private psychedelic retreats. From psilocybin on the beach to ayahuasca in the jungle, you can find the style of healing you need across the globe, with participating destinations like Spain, Jamaica, Mexico, Ecuador, and Brazil. Josh and the team are building a one-stop shop with educational resources to help you prepare for all kinds of journeys. Find out more at freshminds.com. That's F-R-S-H, minds, M-I-N-D-S.com. And enjoy the show. Josh, welcome to the show, man. Thanks, Rob. How you been? Hey, hanging in there. Been working away here since Benzinga. I think it's uh, it's wild how fast the summer's actually gone. Yes, yes. Man, I'm excited to talk with you here and, and dig into to fresh minds a little bit and kind of learn about what you guys have been up to since we met down there in Florida. Yeah. Cool. I'll let you know on our journey. We've uh, been around the block, so to speak. So, so to begin, I guess a little bit for our listeners, uh, would you mind giving us kind of a, an introduction of what Fresh Minds offers? Sure. So uh, Fresh Minds is a resource uh, for psychedelic retreats. So it's not like booking a regular trip. You want to go to uh, Mexico, Jamaica, Europe. You just pick a hotel, pick a destination. There's a whole educational process associated with psychedelic retreats. You got to learn about the substances, the different philosophies, the different traditions. So what we've tried to do is build something out for the novice user, someone who knows nothing about psychedelic retreats, teach them the basics, teach them how to make an educated decision. And then we've stratified the uh, site in terms of different price points, uh, different substances. And we're trying to make the process as uh, idiot proof as possible. No (laughs) thinking involved. Yeah, man, I think the site is looking comprehensive. It's pretty sweet. Basically being able to start by selecting either a location or a destination, um, a duration, price range to even to the trip types and being able to combine those filters and kind of find something right for you, Um, you know, paired with some education that's always needed with psychedelia. You don't want someone to kind of embark on that unaware. Um, Yeah, no, it's... uh... You know, and there's all the, the one of the challenges with rolling out education is figuring out what is worthwhile to tell people. There is a lot of uh, misleading information, probably the best way to put it. So we try and stick to more of the science side of things. And we're starting to expand in different topics. Uh, we're looking to expand into a bit of sexuality um, and psychedelics and we're, uh, expanding the philosophical end of thing, but we are really trying to keep it as evidence-based as possible. Right. I think, and I think that's the, um, that's the vibe that the psychedelic industry is rolling out in general, right? It's yeah. really focusing on that evidence base and that medicinal approach, um, finding the therapeutic benefits and the obviously spiritual benefits along with that are, um, indisputable, yeah. but, um, 
not the selling points, I think, on a lot of the industry at this point. Yeah, there's, let's just say, you know, we've met a lot of people and there's, you know, a range of personalities in the industry. You know, any new <laughs> yeah. industry, you know, you're going to attract a certain archetype of person. Um, and let's put it like, we, we know that there's probably three to 500 of these retreats and there's the high-end professional operators and then there's, you know, the ones who are, you know, just starting out and, you know, hopefully they make it and they provide a decent service. But like I said, there's a range, there's a range of budget opportunities for everyone. to. It's approachable. If you're willing to, if you're willing to adventure a little bit or take a chance, huh? It's a, yes, adventure. It's a, a good way to put it. <laughs> so if we, now, if we zoom out a little bit, man, how about your story and, um, how you ended up with Fresh Minds? All right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, myself and my associate, John, uh, who's the CEO of the company, we, uh, met in cannabis. Uh, we're at a company by the name of Lift & Co. in Canada. And we, we built out, uh, it was actually, uh, a cannabis product marketplace, uh, it was an educational site, and we ran it in conjunction with some consumer-orientated shows. Um, anyone who's been in cannabis, especially in Canada, will know of the Lyft shows. They're still running. Yes, uh, I've been wanting to uh, attend one here for a while. Yeah, they've actually uh, expanded to San Francisco, I think, this year. Um, so nice. Lyft, Lyft itself met its demise uh, during covid and then uh, not too long after that, uh, John and I started pushing this idea forward. We actually weren't sure where this was going to go, uh, mainly because, you know, psychedelics, I mean, they're still not even like legal in North America. It's all very gray. Um, so originally we started out, we're just going to talk about psychedelic products. And we had mushroom listings, product listings. We're actually in the process of like taking those down. We didn't sell any mushrooms, just to be clear. I see. I just want to be very clear. We did but not just actually sell listing different any types. drugs. <laughs> uh, yeah, full disclaimer. Uh, you know, but in Toronto, like, you know, it's gray. But up here, we have four or five mushroom dispensaries. There's probably 80 to 90 dispensaries online. You've got Oregon going legal, wow. but we're not, we weren't sure how's this going to play out. And then, you know, we've been taking a look and, there's all these retreats, you know, they've been, uh, you know, popping up in legal, semi-legal jurisdictions, whether it's Peru, Costa Rica, Mexico, they're all over the world. And they're starting in Oregon as well. You know, Oregon is building out a uh, more structured process, and I'm sure it's going to be bumpy, like everything else. Yes, um, as soon as you add structure, you get... Right, uh, attempt to add some legislation. Else. But, you know, I appreciate them for being first. So, yeah, so we saw there's a huge fragmented op, uh, opportunity. The market didn't know where it was going, but you know, for us personally, it meant taking a lot of risks and there's still a lot of risks. We still don't know how this is going to play out. Um, what I do know yes. is that there's a huge fragmented landscape um, and these retreats are busy. The well-run ones are insanely busy and they are booked and they are not cheap, right? So there's what we think is there's a huge infrastructure uh, that needs to be built for the industry. Um, so that's really what we're looking to get a toehold on and, you know, where Fresh Minds evolves to from there. Uh, I'm not going to predict the future. Um, ideally, we'd like to be a core central part of it, but we don't know how that's going to play out. We just want to yeah, be in the game. Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's um, as far as uh, just wanting to be in the game. I think the effort that Fresh Minds has put out already and kind of the feature set that you have on the site yeah. is uh, definitely rich. You know, coming in, coming into psychedelia with 
a little bit of background in the underground scene. Um, it's very comfortable to just navigate through and see like, okay, there's some things I can read about here already, or maybe which, which countries are close by or what kind of trip types do you have? But I can also see the, um, you know, the approachability for an amateur. Yeah. Or someone brand new. Yeah. So that's really the goal because again, there's no one who's really an expert in this. Right. right? There's, I guess, just someone who's never done it before versus someone who's, uh, got a little notch on the belt <laughs> right like you know i'm speaking as like a 50 year old man and like you know at this point in my life like i get text messages inbounds from like contacts asking about this stuff so like it's starting the awareness but it is still so early right like, yeah definitely you just look at cannabis so i was in cannabis from about 2017 um got out of it 2020 you know the arc of cannabis in canada you know it's been challenging, right? Right, right. And I like, was there in the peak for a little while implementing right. software for folks like Afria and some, right. like mega grow houses. Right. So I, uh, what did I do? I mean, I'm not uh, a stock speculator type, but I think I may have bought a range, a very small amount of you know Canadian LPs at basically their highest point, thinking, ah, how bad can this get? Right, like <laughs> only to see, huh? <laughs> right, and it, it's it's you know the market is tanked. Um, and again, this is only five years, right? Right. This is it's 2017, a- 2022, 2018, it got legalized in Canada. Like we're talking five years in the U S it's not even federally legal. There are still some States that don't even have legal marijuana. So like in psychedelics, oh my God, this is shout out to so Kansas. Like, <laughs> it's, it's so painfully early. Like you're like, you know, that this, you, you can look at the. Uh, past, you look at other products, I mean, cannabis, like, you know, 10% of Canadians were smoking daily before it was legalized, um, probably similar in the state. So you know that there's a pent up demand for this stuff. You just don't know how long it's going to take. You're starting to see the decrim movements in the States, but there's still a lot of misconceptions about what decriminalization is, right? But you're starting to see it. Yes. Yeah. And that's going to take a long time for that stigma to kind of wear away a little bit as it's been ingrained pretty hard um, oh, yeah. into society and I mean into very different even different um, you know niches of society oh, um, yeah. it's kind of there but it to, to find oasis in in psychedelics or to find therapy or or healing is a, kind of the um, uh, like the central like point of all of this right? right to find that healing and that's kind of the one of the driving factors I think that's keeping these retreats so busy, even oh, though yeah. it's so new and there's not a lot of knowledge about it. It's just that once someone does kind of unlock that, that next step right. or that get to that next plateau of just like realizing themselves, they're not shy about sharing that, right. About trying to encourage others to do the same. I think there's a kind of word of mouth and kind of community network stemming out of the whole yeah. thing. So I think there's kind of like two types of people who end up at these retreats. Uh, there's those who are trying to solve, I don't want to say a real problem, because that's not real, but they've been diagnosed with something. They've got uh, depression, yeah. anxiety, and uh, you know, they want to manage it like that. But then you've got the other half, like, you know, I don't want to like call them the midlife crisis types, but they've kind of hit a plateau in their life. And they're like, what's next? What am I going to so do you next? You kind of clear yeah. the table a little bit, huh? Yeah. Like I know, like, you know, I remember who was it? like uh, my father, he hit like 40 and he became like a natural health food fanatic. 
you know, uh, you know, people pick up all sorts. So I think that with a good chunk of people, they're like, well, I've got a roof over my head. I've got a reasonably stable family structure. I've got some income. I'm just bored. Right. Like, what else can I? And so this, I think, is like, you know, something else that people will dabble in um, and they'll go and they'll enjoy it. I, listen, I, you know, find, you know, without being too, too incriminating, I see the, I see the utility of it, even on a uh, mental, like, you know, I'm not going to say mental wellness, but just like taking an alternative perspective. Yeah. Kind of on the, on the worldview or on the outlook. Yeah. Just like even problem solving, um, whether it's like professional, interpersonal, uh, just lets you like think a little bit differently. Um, and some people get that. Some people don't. Do I That's think, a good way you know, to put it though. Yeah. Yeah. Like there are some people who like make it sound like this is going to change your life. I would never promise that stuff to anybody. Right. And I, I, I definitely agree with that angle, right? It's not a... It's not as magical as it may seem in the cartoons or yeah. in, in a movie a or anything. It, yeah, it's like, and you may have those moments of right. being at the at the panacea, but the whole experience is definitely has its ups and its downs, and hundred percent, its and tunnels like, and bridges. It's a whole thing, right? Right, <laughs> and like the same thing, like you know, any change has to come from within. So whether you use something like. Uh, psychedelics or whether you do it on your own you know i've had my ups and downs in life and uh you know at a certain point you you know you i'm not gonna say hit rock bottom because i clearly didn't hit rock bottom right but like you have to reevaluate yourself some people do it without drugs some people do it with drugs and i think that's more what it's about um than the actual substance itself it's kind of it's more of a tool than anything else but if you're not kind of unlock that potential or yeah It'd be like a little bit of a cheat code almost for some uh, yeah. if they're if they're facing a blocker or yeah. you know something that's maybe unapproachable right. when sober. So like, there's also more of like, are you how much are you willing to look at yourself and understand like what your you know proclivities yes. are, bad habits. Oh um, man, yeah, and that, when, I yeah. had some I had some bad times with a notebook and a pen. Yeah. Um, where I sh- should have been writing alone, you know, looking right. a little, maybe a little too closely on, on some trips at times. So it's right. definitely something to, to ponder too. Right. And if you're not willing to like look at your own behavior and understand how it affects those around you, regardless of whether, you know, what's the saying, uh, it may not be your fault, but it's your responsibility. So lots of us get burdened with things. It's not your fault. But you hit a certain age and you realize you've picked up some bad routines. Right? Yes. So, you know, and I think that's often what people are trying to like deal with. You know, they're not depressed necessarily. They're, they haven't been formally diagnosed. It's just like, right. you know, the rules that got you there aren't going to be the rules that get you out of there, so to speak. Um, so it can it's be like kind of banging that your head up. against the wall. Let's try something different. And yeah. I think that's what yeah. the retreats do for people. That's a really good way to put it. No, I think that um, yeah, expecting that kind of earth-shattering, you know, realization yeah. or moment is is too much. And actually, you know, just shifting the perspective, almost like a um, like a lazy susan or like a yeah. rotating shelf, right? It's just turning that object a little right. bit and 
um, you know, with that kind of perspective shift or that kind of moments of, of thinking, you can definitely find your way through some problems on, right. the, on that side. And it's um, even like when you take back, when you, you know, when, you know, listen, we all get criticism from significant people in our lives. And most of the time we kind of blow it off. Right. But like, you know, my experience with these substances, maybe, you know, maybe what everyone's telling you is true. And it kind of like lets you think about that. And it's actually quite painful. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Um, but, you know. Yeah. Called I growth. Think, right. <laughs> yeah. I think that's I think a good. It's called growing. Exactly. It's not always. Um... Or sadism. One or the other. <laughs> yeah. There's uh, there's an element of that. If you keep looking into the abyss, you know, it's. Right. It's a, it's looking back at you or it's waiting for you to get closer. And what, um, what did I hear? Someone once described depression to me as seeing the world for what it is. You're not delusional enough. Right? <laughs> so like you don't want to be, everyone needs a bit of a rose colored glass glasses, yeah. you know? And I think sometimes like, you know, psychedelics might be, you know, they just add that rose color off. back. Yeah. What was that? They just add that rose tint back yeah. that you may have kind of smudged off with well, life and experiences. But before, it's when you're like staring at yourself and you're thinking like, oh my God, I've done that. Or, you know, it's like it, in some ways it removes that veneer and you're kind of like, you know, you're staring right into like, oh, now I get it, you know? I get right. it why, you know, my children don't talk to me. My family hates me. My business partners left. Like I, you're like, oh, I got to fix that. Right? Yeah. And that's, uh, as, you know, as trivial as that may sound it, it to say that, you know, actually coming to that realization right. about something in your own life is um, you know, easier said than done. Right. Oh, Especially yeah. for deep rooted things or habitual uh, right. processes. Like the ability to like, I think ideally psychedelics if used properly they kind of let you own your shit which is really important kind of an ultimate uh or yeah. like an extreme responsibility yeah. right and not yeah. like say as a cop-out some people you know they use it as a cop-out so i wouldn't never say that but just like acknowledge that i've made mistakes i've made short i've got shortcomings and i need to apologize to people for that and i think uh, psychedelics uh, ideally if used properly enable that yeah. Yeah. And how, um, do you see the retreat kind of industry and infrastructure being the ideal way to administer that experience? Uh, I mean, or like, right I now mean, it's the only way, obviously, right. but looking towards the future, um, it's what, what would you think right now? Or kind of where are you leaning yeah. towards? In the, it's a in bit of a space? wild west right now. Like there's like, there's the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, you know, ideally you want to speak to someone who's been to the, ret the retreat that you're going to, you know, you, you can read online reviews and, you know, we're, we're not quite there where we have them, but online reviews, you don't necessarily know where those come from, but if you can like speak with people, um, there's a different connection there to hear their these, story. Yeah. These things are so like, it's all over the place. Some of them are five-star resorts. Uh, some of them are shacks. Right. Like some of them are like, you're like, I might and not ayahuasca in the jungle. Yeah. Um, and it depends like what you're looking for. Also, some people really want to tie into the whole traditional uh, native uh, spirituality. Right. People, kind of in the ritual aspect. Yeah. Right. The, the one thing that I say is, 
uh, you know, a lot of the retreats will uh, talk about essentially healing's their product, right? And I'm not sure unless you're willing to actually examine that with your own things. No one's just going to magically heal you, right? <laughs> you can't that, just sit in the. You can't just sit in the room. You can't yeah. and drive to Mexico and come right. back. <laughs> you know, have some ayahuasca. You have to be an active participant, and. The way I see it is a lot of like, you know, it's no different than going to a psychiatrist or psychologist, uh, you know, in, you know, major American or Canadian city. Right. Are you just going to nod the whole time through? Are you going to like dig in? Right. (laughs) They don't know you. Like they can be very empathetic and very understanding and and that's wonderful, but they haven't, they don't have your lived experience. Right. Right. And in, in that regard, the, some of these retreats are kind of like that like guided cognitive behavioral therapy. Right. In which, some which ways there's like some thing. CBT there. Yeah. But don't, I, I don't, I think like with any therapeutic modality, don't expect them to do all the work. Yes. Yeah. I found, um, I found with, with microdosing at least and with psychedelics in general, like journaling and that kind of like post work, it's definitely essential. Um, like a lot of the, the integration as it's called in the industry now, right. I think it can be easy to overlook that part, that part, um, you know, once you get back into your groove, but right. it's more about the changes and the things that you do those next few days than maybe right. the experience right. that happened overnight. Right. Right. It's like, do you change your behavior? Right. And do yeah. you change your outlook? And, and unless you're like, if you're going to think that you're going to go to one of these things and come back a changed person without putting any effort in, <laughs> And I'll, I'll, I'll say most of these retreats do offer follow-ups. And I think that's mm. like what it is. It's just basically, you know, behavior modification. What does it take? 30 to 60 days? Right. right. So they can come back and, um, and kind of get that, that reinforcement that they right. may need. Right. Yeah. Just like forward motion. And I, and I think that's what, in some ways, when you actually look at the way these things are structured, these substances become secondary. It's more... You could probably go there and have no substances, but just be motivated. If you are motivated to change something, but you just kind of need that little push. Yeah. That might be, that might be all, which is fine. Like, that, that's a purpose in and of itself. And there's absolutely. Or you just need to be kind of taken out of your normal right. environment. Right. Yeah. I kind of feel that way going on any kind of road trip or vacation. Right. If it's longer than three or four days, I kind of fall into this like much more comfortable. Right mind state i can't shower you know for lack of better words right (laughs) yeah (laughs) living the dream but i think that my thoughts at that time are um more innovative and kind of freer that i could feel that the um that stress is gone maybe more willing to address some issue you know actually being away from it all um and i think that there's some element of kind of um of zen and meditation um in, in psychedelia and in the retreats as well. And I think the yogis would have folks try to attain that same level of questioning or that same kind of element of realization by sitting with their thoughts, right? And right. calmly trying to find that that vibe. And that's way easier said than done, um, right. at least from my, it, my tries and experience trying to practice. Right. Um, I can sometimes be too far. I am extremely comfortable with my, the pleasure of my own company. so like i get a lot of people that's just it they are not comfortable being alone with their thoughts um yes yeah you know 
that's, it's more often it is. Yeah, yeah, and I um, plenty of thoughts rolling around over here on the on my side. I think it's with meditation. It's more about trying to put those thoughts like as passing clouds, right, and sit outside of them, which I think is sometimes what the psychedelics can help you do is kind of be outside of that like line of thought or look at things a little bit with that different vibe. Right. Yeah. So have you, uh, tried any of these retreats yet? So we're actually, so, uh, my partner, John actually spent, uh, what was it? January? I think it was January. He spent 30 days in Mexico and Costa Rica. He visited about 30 30 or so retreats. So he's been on the ground. Um, and we'll probably do another tour as well. Now those tours, it doesn't, you know, really lend itself well to having an experience because, you know, when you're trying to hit 20 spots in 30 days, you're not really hanging out. You just want no. to see, Hey, <laughs> Hey, I'm Josh, John, you know, show me around. And plus a lot of these places are very like private. Um, in terms of, you know, when people go there for a certain experience, they don't want randos just like roaming around. It's, it's not like a resort experience. Right. Uh, so and so I think that's, it's more transactional from that level of travel. Yeah. So some, I mean, I shouldn't say that some places are making it more resort. Like if you look at like the higher end ones, like they're beautiful. Right. Um, in, the, in their offerings. Right. But still uh, private, though, to know who only who pays right. or who attends. Right. I mean, there's something about it for me personally. I think it should be a little more uh, rustic. There's just something about it. And that, yeah. again, that's my own thing. I'm, you know, a 50-year-old man. I live like a university student. And, you know, I, I <laughs> enjoy myself. But some people don't want that experience. So, like, you They know, want a little bit more uh, amenities at the end of the day. Yeah, they want, you know, they like central air conditioning, running water, maybe, you know. I mean, but again, like some of these retreats, they're like, you can come here like 500 bucks for a week and you're sleeping in a hut with five other people. There is no air conditioning and you got three hours of electricity a day. Wow. So you can really have that rustic, like, oh, yeah, connecting with nature kind of experience. and this is just starting. I don't think people realize like we're in a bit of a bubble and we're like, Oh, it's blowing up. Like I could talk to like 10 people, it's 15 relative, people on the street. Huh? Yeah. They'd be like, what? You know? And then there's confusion. People are like, Oh, I hear psilocybin's legal or like LSD. I hear that's legal too. Like, no, none of this stuff is like legal, at least, you know, North America, you know, Toronto, you know, California, none of this stuff is legal. Um, but you know, people are learning, people are learning. Right. right. And I, and I wonder with the, with the cannabis industry kind of paving the road for a, like a new industry and kind of alternative modes of healing and therapy, if so there's, there's lessons psychedelics can learn, or if, if it's better off kind of keeping separate from the, the cannabis space. So my personal feeling and it's contradic- uh, contrary to almost everyone in the space, is I think at a certain point, you'll be able to find, buy these products um, as a natural health product, right? A, C- a CPG approach. Yeah. For, and I'm not saying it's going to be tomorrow. Psilocybin, right. For like mushrooms. And, and, and so 
you know, if you want to take a step back, it's really weird. You know what the you know which mushrooms are currently legal? The mushrooms that will kill you are fully legal, right? You can go to the forest, you can grow them at home, you can give them out, and those, some of those things will turn your livers to sawdust. But the psychedelic ones, which I mean, they are its own form of toxin. Those things are technically illegal right now. But right. when you Contains. take a step back and you look at the drugstores, I mean, you can go get a bottle of Tylenol and do yourself in. So I think at a certain point, and this is maybe 10, 15 years, you'll be able to buy this stuff in a health food store. There'll be low There's dose, no distinction at right? that point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff in a health food store that could kill you right now. You take enough of it. You've got a right. bad Irresponsibly reaction. or long enough or, yeah, if your biochemistry yeah. is unique enough to right. be allergic or something right. like that, right? Yeah, who knows? I mean, like, right, listen, right now, uh, the industry is, like, mushrooms are, you know, they absorb everything from the soil. So when you're buying stuff, you have no clue what you're getting. You don't clue, like, what sort of soil, the, the you know, the contaminated soil, heavy metals. Mushrooms suck all that stuff up. Half the time, you don't even know that you're getting sawdust. Right, so it's just getting I, everything from the the cakes or from the medium from anything yeah, they're growing no in. No clue. Um, so at some point, we're going to come to our senses, like we did uh, cannabis, and I think you know, you'll see this stuff, and you know, buy like fifty pills in a health food store. And get Manufacture it correctly with yeah. SOPs yeah. and thresholds, and I mean, <laughs> again, this is most people do not believe this. I'll be yeah. a bit of a, you know, I'll be a contrarian on this. Uh, I background in alternative healthcare, so like I, I've seen, okay. I this see stuff before, and like the, I know that there's uh, is it Irwin? There's one company that there's one uh, nutraceutical manufacturer that's already gotten into this. Um, I know the uh, I always mess up the name. It's the flyargic mushroom. Amanita muscarina. Ah, uh, yes. Right? So yeah. that, I don't know if you've had any experience with that. That's, last I looked, was fully legal in the United States. It I is. I know some folks doing basically like mail order right. uh, businesses. And, you know, <laughs> it's hallucinogenic. And I think it gets through a crack, but it has to be prepared properly. If it is not prepared properly, like uh, supposedly can like do serious uh, bodily harm. And, I'm the, not. and those kinds of things are why I think I'm, I'm more for that, that vision that you laid out, right? right? I know Regulated. that we're starting very pharmaceutical based and very healing, you know, to go to these retreats and right. separate yourself from society to experience these things. But being able to just go to the Walgreens uh, down right. the street and, again, and that's grab like, like a chocolate bar. Yeah, yeah no, like, I could. Oh, you said this. I'm like, yeah, in like 15 years. I think right. you might I, see it. Definitely further out, right? It takes time for for those kinds of changes to happen throughout society or for any stigma to move like we've seen with cannabis. Uh, cannabis it just takes taken, a long time. Cannabis, I mean, if you look, go back and want to say when medical cannabis was legalized in California, was it 96? It was it was longer back than it, than it seems. They were yeah. running off like, I forgot which proposition that yeah. allowed them to sell. Yeah. Right, so that's 25 years. Right. So like I might we be could be talking more like the 30 or 40 year range for the psychedelia becoming right. normalized. But again, yeah. these are mushrooms. Like let's like take a step back. These are mushrooms. They've been used for thousands of years. You know, could we do what we do to psychedelics, what we did to tobacco? Like tobacco was a ceremonial plant. It was used sparingly by indigenous tribes. You know, 
probably didn't cause cancer, but we took it and turned it into like, you know, packs of 20. And yeah, like, right. You know, and with all, all the chemicals. added chemicals. Yeah. Right. And then, then we turned it into something that kills us all and we're all addicted to it. Right. And so that's like, just the, <laughs> it's almost like a, it's a double-edged sword, right? At, right? If you introduce litigation and scale to anything like that, right. it starts to slowly corrupt itself kind of from within. Uh, I mean, that's a whole other topic. I mean, that's just human nature. Yeah, that's a, that's for the societal analysis episode. Um, and that's never <laughs> changing. People say, "Oh, we're going to get better." No, we're not. Right, like we're just going to get better at acknowledging that we're not. I think maybe that's, that's it. the goal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's um, it's it's really interesting to see the services that you guys are offering, and I hope that uh, some folks can find um, find some knowledge here. Is as far as next steps for for you for Fresh Minds, are there any psychedelic conferences or yeah, so, uh, events or anything on the horizon? Yeah, so we're off. I think in November we'll be at Microdose in Miami. Uh, that's a good time. Lots of lots of fun. I mean, they managed to get it. They're more pharmaceutically orientated. Um, but I think at a certain point there is going to be. I'm not going to say it's like a giant inflection, but there will be growing consumer awareness. And that's really where we are now, is that a lot of people from cannabis got into psychedelics. And I don't think everyone realized, like, wait a minute, I'm getting into pharmaceuticals, right? Yes, um, I'd agree so with like, that, man. I think when I attended right? the... Like, when I attended that psychedelics conference for Benzinga, it was an eye-opener to me to to understand the state right. of the industry currently and and see some of the doctors and research scientists presenting their findings and things like that. I mean, um, on, on some level learning about how like ketamine can be used as suicide prevention. And when there's like not other substances that can really change those thoughts, there's, there's some pharmaceutical angles with psychedelics that are truly needed, right? They're, they're necessary and they only have good at their intent. You so, know, but I think that there's another angle from the pharmaceutical side that I worry about, right? That we we will shift from like, hey, these these mushrooms just grow naturally in a jar right. or in a closet to being like, okay, now it's this yeah. high profit business where you know one company is is basically printing money with these pills, right? Like that. That's exactly like it's one thing different, like like MDMA, which you know may help with like relationship issues. Um, that will supposedly be a, be a huge market, probably driven uh, by female consumers. Um, I know four or five players in the MDMA space, but on the mushroom front, like you're right, these things like how much is it to grow some mushrooms, right? Yeah. And they're probably ninety percent of the way there. I so may or may not of, have had a little R two D two humidifier. Right. Right. Uh, with a closet setup that uh, did a pretty good job. Right. Like, <laughs> as long as you, like, get some good growing. But here's the thing. There's already people who specialize in growing mushrooms at scale. Yeah, they're right. Farmers. And they're, they're growing for the health for the yeah. health industry, for the produce industry. Right. And they've got, you they're know. already there. Right. Like, so, yeah, you might have to bring in some, you know, uh, manufacturing processes. But by and large, like, if you can grow a white button mushroom yeah a king strafaria is just basic mushroom that you can then dry you can prevent it from getting moldy dry it correctly and powder it you're essentially ready to switch over into any any business on that side and there's there's some companies in the in uh red light holland is doing that with truffles they're trying to 
drive that. They've actually bought a uh, mushroom uh, grower in Canada, the East Coast, to I assume at some point, and I know no one at Red Light Hollow, so it's not like I'm saying and giving away any, you know, inside information, but they are <laughs> uh, probably going to flip that over, right? In the event that anything ever becomes legal. Wow. Yeah. Just be ready to go fully, right. fully operational. Yeah. Yeah. No, I could, I could see it for sure. And I think that, um, like depending on the substance, I think that of the pharmaceutical industry needs to keep a dis a certain distance. There's other substances where it's, it's actually, it's probably needed by the community and it's right. It's like wild they, to see the innovation that they're uncovering. Right. right with like these, maps like, is going through uh, phase three trial. I think it's phase three trials with MDMA. Yeah. There are certain, anything yeah. lab produce a hundred percent, but like, right. Like let's study with, that thoroughly. Let's get all the smartest minds right. on it and make sure it's gone through the ringers. Yeah. Right. This is a plant, <laughs> right? Like, come on. Like, <laughs> We've been using this stuff for thousands of years. The biggest, I think, risk with mushrooms is when people go foraging and they pick a poisonous mushroom, right? They end up that's eating something like, that's just not not cool. Yeah, but compared to like, you would see it. There are like adverse reactions to psilocybin. But when you look at like risk profiles, it's so low. I think someone said like the risk of like, psilocybin is equivalent to jaywalking right like these are wow. low risk and again i'm not a doctor yeah, not right like you know Same telling here. me to go out and do psilocybin <laughs> but the risk profiles are exceptionally low because of the you you would hear about them more from the emergency room there would be people banging the drum and especially in the u.s where you've got this division between red and blue like some of the hardcore red are they're the ones who are pushing psilocybin and psychedelics for veterans, right? Right, and that's so kind like, of going to unite some could right, potentially like unite all more the polarized. things that people are reaching across the aisle for. It might be drugs, <laughs> right? Yep, yep. Which which might be historically significant and kind of poetic because of other societies, right, moving right. through those same substances or finding connection in those right. rituals and things. I mean, it was like the listen. It was the boomers who started using them in like the '60s and you know '70s, and now they're the ones who you know are on the tail end of their careers. So, you know, and trying to drive these forward. I think it's uh, Rick Perry was a big supporter in Texas. I'm trying to remember, but you know, some hardcore conservatives. Um, are driving that forward. And not always who you'd expect, but definitely a needed a kind of segment of the population, you know, that, yeah. that could benefit from um, from psilocybin therapy or from yeah, other no, no, approaches, ketamine 100%. and things. But uh, you, yeah, listen, it's an interesting space. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's very fragmented. It is, you know, we're trying to get it to pass the buyer beware stage. You know, we're in the midst of building relationships with people. We want to know all of the players in the industry. And realistically, right. once you have a community, you increase the safety factor. And that's ultimately what you want, like market acceptance, you want to reduce the risk. So people, you know, want to know how close are you to hospitals, first aid training, all, all that sort of stuff. Stuff that, you know, if you're 30, yeah. you might not care about. But if you're like... 55 and you got like a couple kids and a family, you know, you're going to look, you make that uh, purchase decision much differently. 
right? True, true. That some of the more some of the amenities start to look a little better on right. that side. <laughs> the, the amenities, um, even just like the pure safety of it. Right, I could see that. Yeah, man, it's been an enlightening conversation here. I'm looking forward to see what happens with Fresh Minds going forward, and I'm cool. looking forward to trying to utilize it as well to find a to find a, find a retreat, a, a retreat yeah, here, maybe in the spring. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I know. I mean, listen, we'll keep in touch and uh, let you know how it goes. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Ellie, in the meantime, Josh, where can our listeners find more about you and connect with Fresh Minds? So, yeah, Fresh Minds, uh, www.freshminds.com, F-R-S-H-M-I-N-D-S.com. No E in Fresh Minds. Um, and we're always updating the site. We've got some features we'll be pushing out uh, hopefully the next week or so. Our goal is to make it super simple for the consumer to use. Don't make me think is my mind. <laughs> awesome. You guys heard it here. Check out freshminds.com. No E in that. And um, learn about a retreat. You know, yes. it's, a, it's an interesting thing, kind of kind of building and up momentum over here in the corners. It's something <laughs> everyone should do once. Indeed. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to the Apartment 113 podcast. For more information about the show, along with our services and courses, visit apt113.com. We offer cannabis software product management, cannabis education courses, and freelance writing. With over a decade of experience in the cannabis industry, Apartment 113 is here to help.